Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a business examiner news group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the new executive director of the Comox Valley Chamber of Commerce. She reviews her first few months on the job, the exciting new vision for the organization, local advocacy priorities, and much more. Our conversation starts now. Hi, everyone. I'm Tara Squiday, the Executive Director of the Comox Valley Chamber of Commerce based in Courtney. Uh, and really, as many of the other chambers of commerce, we focus on three key areas, policy and advocacy for our membership in the business community, uh, connecting uh, through networking events, and then professional development opportunities. And I've uh, been in the role for not quite three months yet. And my mandate as the new executive director is to really modernize and innovate the Chamber of Commerce model uh, to really look at not only where business is going today, but the opportunities for future development to really scale up and, and create a thriving Comox Valley business community. Awesome, Paris. Well, I really appreciate that uh, that overview there. I've been excited to have you on for a bit. Just, It's always exciting in general when there's a new leader stepping into an organization uh, and you've got a very uh, impressive resume with some, some senior leadership roles. So excited to dig into that with you. Um, I'm wondering to start things off, just you're now in this role. If you can walk me through kind of what drew you to it and what those first couple months uh, have looked like for you. Yeah, great question. So a little bit about kind of following COVID. So COVID hit and I thought, you know, great opportunity to go to grad school. So it took two years, went to uh, Royal Roads, took my master's in leadership. And and I had been in the tech and innovation space for about 15 years, learning, uh, leading uh, industry associations. And my network was kind of blowing up on LinkedIn. Gotta love the power of social media. Uh, and they're just really encouraging me to apply for this position. Uh, I'm a Campbell River girl. So anything North Island really warms my heart and executive opportunities don't show up. So threw my hat in the ring and uh, started not quite three months ago, as I said. And the first few months have been challenging in a really good way. You know, for me, it's as a leader, you watch, you listen, you observe for the first 30 days. And it, and it requires patience and intention to understand what the business model of the chamber is. And then from there, kind of building out team values and a really big, bold strategic vision that we're starting to uh, execute on. So, yeah, it's been great. Power of the network. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's very great to see. And I just I love that, especially that little career pivot with COVID. I think that's a tremendous use of that time. Um and so, yeah, jumping into this, you talked uh, a bit in the preamble here just about this kind of this grand vision. I'm wondering if if you can give uh, some information kind of about what that is and what some of those priorities are. Yeah, no, I will for sure. It's super exciting time. So I want to kind of just kind of circle back on a couple of, of pieces in terms of who I am as a leader and how that may align uh, with, with the chamber. So uh, briefly, working in the tech and in innovation space with, with business owners from startup to scale, we were really never connected with the Chamber of Commerce. And so for me, coming into this role is about modernizing the Chamber of Commerce model to create innovative program services offerings that not only meet business needs now, but kind of five years down the road. And uh, so that's really like the innovation piece, right? How do we kind of disrupt a model that really helps space, you know, nationwide for a long time, but to remain relevant uh, and progressive 
So that's kind of the lens I came in with. I have a fantastic board that is is supportive of uh, my ideas and, and where I'm moving the organization. And so we just had our strategic plan approved, uh, three strategic goals, and we're going to be releasing that on our website probably in the next couple of weeks. And it's really focusing on the ways in which we can not only uh, create a, a thriving, welcoming Comox Valley business community, but also a line of sight to the changes in the economy, the young entrepreneurs that are emerging, the business models that worked 20 years ago long, no longer really fit. And how do we disrupt those in a way that is progressive, that doesn't ruffle too many feathers, which is something I'm working on not doing too much of. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of fun in the same breath. Uh, yeah, so it's really just building a strong, talented team. Uh, also, being really clear about our values as an organization, uh, standing true to those in terms of a uh, a framework to reinvent the Board of Trade model that's been around in Comox Valley since 1919. Awesome. Well, it's a tremendous challenge that you've undertaken. And I think in general, from us, we deal with chambers of commerce across the province. And there's a real difference. There is not uh, just in how each community operates. And there's a tremendous yeah. amount of opportunity. But certainly, you know, my own anecdotal uh, observation has been that um, uh, there's a lot of opportunity um, that is uh, with it, which is with the brand of the organization. So look forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, I guess, you know, you're really seeing some of the stuff on your website. So I don't know how specific you want to be now. Um, but in terms of the kind of the top priorities for you uh, in 2023, is there anything that you care to share there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was tough kind of figuring out what the two are or the one are because it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So what we're really doing is leaning on the board of trade model, like the three legs on the stool, making sure that balance, advocacy, uh, connections. And then the other one is professional development. We're really hearing from members, especially coming out of the pandemic, looking at opportunities for their own enrichment as leaders and getting the right information at the right time. And I'm not a hockey fan. I'm a baseball girl. Um, but I love this Gretzkyism and it's really kind of guided me and formed me uh, how I show up, John. So it's uh, he, Gretzky says something like this. A good hockey player skates where the puck is, and great ones skates where the puck is going. And so for me, leading as the Chamber of Commerce, we're in the we're in the mode of where's the puck going. And so always having that, okay, five years out, what what it's going to look like. And so the the two initiatives I would like to share, um, actually three. One is what's called advocacy in action, and recognizing that we have quite a massive region. So it's from Fannie Bay, Hornby Island, uh, Denman, up to Merville, and then Comox, Courtney, Cumberland. So it's quite expansive. And recognizing that it's impossible to meet every business uh, to really kind of understand their, their strategic priorities, opportunities, challenges, and those kinds of things. And so the Advocacy in Action Initiative is really about getting businesses together uh, really casual, because I think we have a casual conversation. It really opens up the dialogue. Uh, 15 to 20 business owners that are really just kind of talking about kind of what's shaking for them, what's keeping them awake at night, what are the pain points. But I think more importantly is what's really driving their business model right now. COVID, if anything, has forced us with grace 
and fortitude to shift our model, to reimagine what we're capable of and how we can drive business forward. And so I really want to hear a bit of those pieces. And then from that, we're going to do it quarterly, pull out some key themes and then kind of build other uh, supportive initiatives, conversations, events around those, those pieces. Super exciting, but it's going to be, I think, quite transformative. And then the other one is, uh, and I took a page uh, out of some other chambers of commerce for this, is an ambassador program. And so coming from the innovation space, there's always this model of peer mentorship and, you, you know, you have a coach and you have somebody that's going to walk beside you in the early days or formative years of your business development. And so kind of taking a page out of that, re- reimagining it as an, an ambassador program. So it's really a matchmaking. So new members that come into the community, uh, perhaps just new businesses, can be connected with a complementary business or uh, a long-standing Comox Valley citizen or business that it can kind of walk beside them and support them as they navigate um, their journey as, as a business in the Comox Valley. So that's going to be a really transformative piece. And then the other leg that I, I touched on was professional development. And so for me, we're kind of looking at four different pillars. Uh, finance, legal, uh, HR, and wellness. And so for me, looking at strategic partners that fall within that scope that can offer lunch and learn information for not only the leader, the business owner, but for their team. And so really kind of throwing that out a little bit wider, uh, you know, teams that learn together, grow together, and being a leader, an executive leader, is probably the loneliest job in the world. Can't talk to your board, can't talk to other people. And so really trying to kind of blend that into a, a professional development opportunity. So early days, but we're getting some traction on that on that framework. So super exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. And I think what I appreciate appreciate selfishly, I think as a business owner myself, is that you're listening. You're taking the time to listen and then you're taking that information to build out something tailored for your customers, essentially. So I love to yeah. see it. Um, yeah. Very, very great. So, and I, in the questions I sent through, there's a bit, I put one to two internal and one to two external. I don't know if you've kind of, if, if you would agree that those have kind of blended together with what you've, with kind of the response there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the internal piece, the external is really making sure that we're hearing all voices. So often in my lived experience as a, as a leader is there's always the, 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 the loudest voices at the table. And I hold space for that. But from my perspective, um, and I, I, I am a strong feminist. I, I believe in inclusion and balance and equality for all. What voices are we not hearing? And so those are the individuals. Those are the businesses, individuals in, in our, in our, in our communities that I want to hear from. So we're actually having a balance holistic approach to business challenges and opportunities so for me it's like i can stay in my lane but i think i'm going to go a little bit off-roading so that's (laughs) kind of the external piece that i'm really driving forward is is uh who who am i not hearing from who haven't i connected with and being really curious about that and vulnerable and open to uh, those perspectives and those insights that will be of service, not only to the chamber and the work that we do moving forward, but the the whole business community in Comox Valley. Okay. 
Awesome. No, I very much appreciate that. Um, and I wonder, you, you've alluded to this a little bit, but you, you have this extensive leadership background. Is there anything that sticks out to you in terms of just how you're able to leverage that past experience, this new level of education to drive the shift uh, in the organization? Yeah, you know, it's really a fantastic question. And, um, you know, I, I was pondering this uh, for quite some time. And, you know, we learn from the challenging uh, pieces as, as leaders. Uh, failure is a growth word. And so I embrace that, that failure, uh, whether it's, you know, turning left when I should have turned right or made a decision that, but all those really kind of come together for myself as a leader and that I bring forward. Uh, through my education, my two-year term with Royal Roads, uh, I finished up in June, complications in November, uh, really looking at uh, this whole emotional wellness, right? We're coming out of a time in, in history that are, um, it's really compromised uh, who we are and our ability to be vulnerable and open and brave and courageous in our conversations. And so for me, that's what I'm showing up at. You know, I tell my team, you will always know where I stand. You know, I will always be sharing, um, you know, those challenges and opportunities. And I think just being honest about, you know, I believe the leader shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. You surround yourself with really smart people and they tell you what to do and you learn together. And so that's how I'm showing up, you know, pulling on all those experiences and kind of redefining who I am as a leader, being bold and courageous in the words I use, uh, leading from values rather than um, kind of the guesswork playbook, uh, which I've done in the past and it worked for a time, um, but also leaving a legacy, right? Redefining what leadership looks like. I'm a very passionate about that. I've seen some great leaders in my time, and I've seen individuals with leadership roles that perhaps weren't, uh, didn't align with me. And so that hunger for, is there something better than what we have right now? And for me, as a leader, I'm constantly learning. And so that's a commitment that I make to myself, uh, as well as patience and grace and um, honesty. Awesome. I love that. Thank you very much uh, for sharing that. I want to jump a little bit more into the uh, advocacy side of things, and uh, you, you you have briefly touched a little bit on this, but I'm wondering if in these initial conversations that you've been having with your team and, and, and members, if anything has kind of popped uh, in terms of, uh, let's say, a local government or a provincial or federal advocacy issue. Anything come to mind there? Yeah, no, that's a great question as well. Uh, and, and for me, you know, three, not even three months in the seat, there's certainly some, some uh, themes that are emerging. Uh, very light touch themes, um, but primarily recognizing we live on an island. So our supply chain, our ability to connect to broader kind of pathways for for exporting is already not compromised, but it's been, okay, we live on an island. So it changes the way in which supply chains work. Further to that, and this is no surprise, is the, you know, fight for talent. You know, I think for many, many years, many, several communities were kind of uh, playing, leading with the lifestyle part, right? And and so we know that that's, that's a given, right? We have a great place. You can ski, hike, do all those wonderful things. But but finding the right people at the right time for the right position and then having housing to support those those new, those individuals that are coming 
to our to our community. And so I'm very much a systems thinker. So I'm always thinking if this happens, that's going to impact this. And so for me, it's, it's looking at all those challenges, supply chain, staffing, housing, as a holistic framework. One does not uh, work in isolation of the other. And so there's just kind of early day themes that are emerging. I'm sure they're a bit deeper. We're doing an economic uh, forecast breakfast uh, on the 25th of January, really hoping to kind of gain some more insights into that. And then using that that knowledge, that shared wisdom to really push forward some, some advocacy and some policy development initiatives. Awesome. Um, and then just, I guess, on that same note, so if there's a, a member of the business community in the Comox Valley right now uh, who wants to become a part of the contributing to the Chamber of Voice, what's the best way that they can get involved? Yeah, no, that's great. Question. Just approach me, you know, my I'm on the website and happy to listen and hear. And, uh, you know, we need diverse perspectives. You know, gone are the days when, when we can work in isolation and do the same thing we've, we've always done. You know, being embracing this, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, and as a leader, that's in our DNA and that's something that we need to do. And so being open to not only the the wonderful, you know, opportunities that are being faced, but also being mindful of, of the uncomfortable, those, those challenging pieces. And the only way that the Chamber of Commerce is going to know that is if we kind of open our arms and really invite that kind of conversation. Um, and so I invite that conversation. <laughs> That's tremendous. I love it. Um, I, getting towards the tail end here, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your background because I, I remember touching yeah. base with you initially I believe it was with Innovation Island. And so yeah. I'm wondering if you can just kind of give a bit of an overview about kind of the steps in your career that have led you to where you are now. Yeah, well, it wasn't a straight path, that's for sure. <laughs> it never is. So yeah, I was with, um, actually it was the Mid-Island Science, Technology and Innovation Council. Uh, and then we kind of morphed into Innovation Island because uh, we needed to kind of redefine who we are and, and ensure our relevancy in the ecosystem. Uh, so I was there for 11 years and, you know, really proud that I launched the first regional uh, rural tech accelerator uh, in BC. Many of them were Vancouver, Victoria, Kelowna. So really proud of that launch and initiative that really kind of paved the way for other opportunities. And I've always been, you know, a regional gal, right? So grew up in Nanaimo, born in Calgary River, but I love the regional scope. And so when I had departed from Innovation Island, uh, the digital technology supercluster approached me and said, hey, we have, we've just got this funding portfolio. And, and I've been really deeply connected with post-secondaries and business and Indigenous communities. And so they said, would you help us build out this um, capacity building initiative, which was really grounded in diversity, inclusion, digital skills training, um, and Indigenous skills training. And so I did a little stint with them for a while and helped them kind of frame that out. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going like gangbusters now and, and funding is rolling out the door and really passionate about digitization and modernization and how we can use software to really increase our impact uh, and, uh, you know, make sure that we're being efficient and effective. And then from there, I did a short consignment uh, for a year with uh, AceTech, the Academy's Chief Executives of Technology Companies for a year, and they do leadership development. And that was really insightful for me, really different from my previous work. 
but certainly was kind of the ignite, the ignition switch for me to pursue my leadership uh, degree uh, through, through Royal Roads. Uh, and, and just a, a note to all of that, I was, I was living in Nanaimo and working in Vancouver for two years. And so that was, you know, a real different, it was a challenge, right? But, but incredibly interesting to have, you know, the, my foot in two different uh, economies. Um, so yeah, and then COVID hit and I always wanted to go to grad school and I thought it was a perfect opportunity. So packed up the, the house, moved to Victoria and applied and, and then this opportunity came up and, and for me, it's about creating, uh, conversations that have nothing to do with me as a leader because leaders should never look in the mirror. The mirror should always be faced outside. Uh, even though there is, you know, being a self-aware, emotionally intelligent leader is critically important, but just creating, um, kind of disruption in a really encouraging way for the next generation. For me, I believe I have a social and economic responsibility to kind of leave the community, leave my work, my footprint that's going to create lasting, sustaining, innovative impact far beyond my tenure. Um, it's not about now, the old Gretzkyism. It's about what's going to happen in 5, 10, 15 years. You know, I have a 21-year-old daughter and everything I do is in support of her. As leaders, the decisions we make today, we may never see the repercussions of those. So we need to be mindful, strategic, and collaborative. Um, and that's just how I show up. Awesome. I love that. I, and it's so important and, and unfortunately rare that people make decisions to have an impact down the road. Obviously, you want the, the, the short-term progress, but it's critical, right, as as our are as the region and, and quite frankly nation face some real challenges uh, oh, right. in, in the coming decades here so yeah yeah um i did want to ask you and you you mentioned uh the innovation island being the or the the accelerator being one of your achievements but is it is there anything else that sticks out to you in terms of career highlights is there one that's particular that you're particularly proud of yeah, well, I think there's a few. One of them is, you know, one of my guiding values as a leader is to be of service to others. And so uh, being sitting on boards and doing all that important work and through my work with Innovation Island, I really noticed that there was, you know, not a lot of, uh, of women-owned businesses. And so my passion was around ensuring that women uh, have the digital skills and kind of demystify what tech and innovation is. And so I was really uh, instrumental with starting a chapter of uh, the Central Vancouver Island uh, Ladies Learning Code, uh, which has morphed into Canada Learning Code. So did a, you know, supported Nanaimo events as well as Courtney events. So I have a deep connection here in the Comox Valley as well uh, with that initiative. So that's another cool thing. Right. Um, I, I don't know if it's kind of still around, but that was a real catalyst kind of change conversation. Uh, and of course, a little bit selfish because my daughter, right? I want her to have the digital skills that she needs to be successful in a, in a, um, evolving digital world. So yeah. So those two pieces. Okay. That is tremendous. Uh, and the final question here for you before we jump into the final four yeah. is, uh, what advice do you have for other leaders stepping into a new role like the one that you've done? Oh. Yeah, perfect. Patience. You know, I think the first 30 days is about patience. And often as uh, leaders being kind of high performing leaders, we want to get in, see it, fix it, 
get rolling with it. But patience in the first 30 days is so critically important. And holding space for observing, being curious, questioning, and really digging into the skills, abilities, attributes, and wisdom that your team can offer you. And so patience is the first first piece, right? It's really understanding the business model. And then also being really mindful of where the friction points are, right? And being able to kind of really assess, kind of looking from a systems perspective, uh, where the friction points are and just being making that, being aware of that. And the next 30, 60 days is like, what are you going to do? You know, and, and just these are the challenges. These are the opportunities and creating an operations plan and, a, and, a, and working with my board around a renewed strategic plan for 30, 60, 90, 120 days. But patience is really critically important. And I also want to just add to that um, is being really self-aware and emotionally intelligent. Um, you know, understanding where your limitations are as a leader. Uh, I think it's important and humble and really builds trust when you're able to say to your team or to people, I don't know that, but I'm open to learning or you tell me what that's about. And so not having all the questions and all the answers lined up uh, and being willing to to be uncomfortable, like being comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? I mentioned that earlier because there's going to be some icky, icky things, right? Like for me, stepping into the chamber, um, you know, stepping into my predecessor was here for 18 years and me coming in and, you know, when I, when I look around and I say this quite honestly, it was like 1998. And for me, it's like I was eager to kind of digitize and modernize and do all those things. But had I done that, I wouldn't be holding space for our membership, honoring our team, and recognizing where we at, we're at. So patience is really, really important. And now we're going to kick some butt and um, do some great work. That is awesome. You've you've given some great feedback, and these are you know they're actually really challenging things to implement. At least for oh. you know, the patient side of things, like for me. Just, you know, my expectation, right, with technology and the, just growing up with it is everything is instant, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, in developing a business and strategic planning and even business development, there's just time, <laughs> which is kind of like, all right, well, I can't click and just have this done, you know, so I think it's powerful advice. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to get you out of here on time. Uh, and so I've got final four. These are four questions we ask each interviewee. Um, and we're starting off with a favorite book. There is no parameters around this. Does not have to be professional development business. It can be whatever you want. Okay. Favorite book: Finding the Space to Lead: A Practical Guide to Mindful Leadership. Changed my life by Janice uh, Martirano. Awesome. Appreciate that. First time I've heard that one. So that is okay. excellent to add to the reading list. Uh, favorite app, not including email or your office suite, word processors, all that stuff. Garmin Connect. I love that app. Garmin Connect. So uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a runner and uh, my Garmin watch tracks everything. Yeah. And I also like to make data-driven decision-making, like data-driven decisions. Uh, and so I love the analytics. So, you know, I go for my walk, go for my run. I look at my Garmin app and it tells me all the stats and it's, it's my face. Awesome. So Garmin Connect. Connect. Yes. Awesome. Yes. 
my brother is a an ultra marathoner, so I know that he's got his. Oh. Uh, I know he's got a watch, and you can you and him can be spirit. Uh, <laughs> spirit <laughs> and I'm sure he friends. has a spreadsheet too. With all oh the yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, best personal advice you've received, and this can either be kind of like a theme, or it doesn't have to be attributed to an, a specific person. Yeah, um, it was one of my mentors that told me this, uh, and it stuck, and it stuck with me. Uh, you know, biggest challenges in introducing new ideas. We can create new ideas all day long. The the biggest challenge is changing old ideas. And so I'm always, for me, it's like a, you know, a honoring the past, but being forward thinking as well. So yeah, that's always stuck with me. I love that. Yes. Uh, and the last one, not to put you in an awkward spot, because I know you have multiple oh. restaurants as in your membership. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite restaurant in Vancouver Island? If so, what is it? Ooh, so this is a tough one. This is really tough. So I'm a plant-based person. And so I wrote down four just off the top. And um, in Courtney, has to be Atlas Cafe. I remember being there when they just started 25 years ago. Love it. Nanaimo, Gabriel's Cafe. I remember when our office was across the street and Gabriel would run across and deliver soup when he first opened. So love, love what he's done. And um, uh, Casino, got to be Taco Fino. Like, like there's no like enough said drop the mic right there and then <laughs> for victoria i would say boom and batten is my favorite thanks for stopping by from the trenches the business examiner podcast sponsored by coastal community credit union who's helping you take care of your financial health visit cccu.ca for more information